start. Sooners of Oklahoma at 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is up, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another special edition episode of the Barry and Mac Show. Today, I am flying solo. We are doing an OU UTEP preview. I talk with writer for the El Paso Times, Mr. Brett Bloomquist. Uh, He's been writing for the El Paso Times for some time now. You can find him on Twitter at at Brett Bloomquist. Let me spell it out for you. That's at B-R-E-T, that's one T, B-L-O-O-M-Q-U-I-S-T. I'll tell you what, in the conversation that I had with him, I came to the conclusion that outside of the coaches, the players, and maybe the trainers on staff, no one knows more about UTEP football outside of them and this guy that we interviewed here today, Mr. Brett Bloomquist. So I won't keep you all waiting. You all are going to be the most prepared fans watching at home in the stadium for the most comprehensive pregame, postgame, and everything in between. Keep tuning in to the Barry and Mac show. Here is the interview. Uh, wanted to get started. The expectations from what I had read for UTEP seemed pretty high right I, I mean you guys had some some good returning talent I know you guys lost a receiver to the portal um, but where do you guys stand after last week's loss well it certainly was disappointing you know a game that uh UTEP could have led 17 nothing early and they led seven nothing and then things went pretty poorly after that so uh definitely disappointing for them there were higher expectations around this year than probably their their spinning some time, but you know they haven't made back-to-back bowls since 2004-2005, and are trying to do that this year. And yeah, definitely didn't get the start they wanted. I think they're pretty disappointed. They they you know didn't take advantage of of some opportunities early, and then kind of fell apart after that. So uh, they're definitely trying to pick up the pieces right now. So quarterback play, obviously incredibly important in today's game, especially uh, and with facing Oklahoma uh, coming up here. Uh, Just looking at the numbers, uh, maybe not as accurate a day, uh, but what do you think you guys have at quarterback there? I know it might have been considered a rough outing by some. What do you guys feel you have there at quarterback going forward? Yeah, they're definitely uh, considered a strength of the team. Uh, Hardison's never going to have a super high completion percentage because they throw so many deep balls, and he's got a – I mean, that that's what he has is a great arm. He was uh, – there were also some drops the other day. probably would have been around 50%. They are hoping to get him up in the, the high 50s uh, completion percentage-wise, up to 60%. But like I said, that, that's going to be hard because they throw so many you – know, they take so many shots, but – you know, Hardison's got a ton of arm talent. You know, he's he's got an NFL arm. I mean, he's, you know, and now he's starting to be a pretty veteran guy. He's in his, you know, his, he's a junior college transfer, but this will be his, you know, his third year starting, fourth year in the program. You know, one of those COVID transfer guys, you know, gets the extra year. So he's a pretty veteran guy. They, they definitely think that's the strength of the offense. I think they're going to be about as good as he's going to be. 
Uh, stay, sticking with the offensive side of the ball, and then we'll kind of talk about how you feel about the game uh, this week. Just kind of at a glance, looks like the strength of your team, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, at least on the offensive line, looks to be that that right side. You got a few guys, I believe, who were close to all-conference or made all-conference last year. And this will be interesting with OU's um, depth at defensive line, you know, what that'll look like. What do you think about the offensive line at UTEP? Yeah, you know, they, they, they've got a ton of experience there. There's really only one new starter, I, I guess, technically. Uh, two guys are, are new starting this year, but one of those had been a two-year starter before last year. So they uh, they feel good about that. You know, they didn't have a very good opener, uh, certainly fixing the, fixing the run game, finding, making some holes there, something that they weren't able to do against North Texas. So we'll see how it goes against OU. Their pass protection was okay, somewhat hurt. Uh, you know, Hardison probably hung on to the ball a little too long. I think that'll that'll be – you know, I'll ask about that in today's press conference. But you know, on the whole, their their pass protection is decent. They got to they got to get better at, at blocking for the run. You know, they got a couple pretty good running backs, they think, but uh, they just didn't have anywhere to go. You know, their best runs were a reverse and a, a quarterback draw were their two best runs the other day that you know kind of caught North Texas flat-footed. So, yeah, getting getting better blocking from their line in the run game is going to be a big focus for this week. Great stuff. Uh, talk a little bit. Uh, one of the guys I was watching and intrigued with, uh, really a couple guys, uh, Tyron Smith and Ronaldo Flores. They, they seem to have pretty big games last week. Talk about them for a little bit. Yeah, Smith was their number three receiver last year, sort of emerged and got better as the year went on. You know, and then they graduated their top two guys. So they were very much counting on him to be the number one guy. He obviously had a big game. He did drop a touchdown pass that you know, would have given them a lead late in the first half. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, that that's what they were expecting from him. They were expecting a big game. In fact, he had three catches in the first quarter for 109 yards, and they clamped down on him a little bit. Ray Flores is a neat story. He's a local kid. He doesn't, you know, El Paso doesn't produce a ton of college talent. In the high school he went to really doesn't produce much college talent. It's a lot of high school. And uh, he walked on here. He's in his sixth year now and has just sort of steadily worked his way up. He's one of those guys that doesn't have a – a lot of identifiable things other than he can just play football. I mean, that's, that's the one thing he does really well. And, uh, you know, he had a big game. That was his first career start. He almost doubled. I mean, I think he came in with 277 career receiving yards in his first five seasons. And, you know, then all of a sudden had that game. And, uh, but, you know, I I think that's, that's kind of what they're expecting from him this year. He's really kind of become that possession guy, although he opened the game with a, a spectacular 38 yard catch on a free play, but, you know, just seeing, you know, the, the local, the local walk on made good. I mean, he's not a walk on anymore, but, you know, just watching his rise, it, it has been kind of pretty neat. So OU is going to be obviously installing a, a brand new defense this season. I mean, unless you've lived under a rock, people know that uh, Brent Venables bringing in an entire new system, uh, new DC, but we really know who's probably calling the shots there. Uh, brought in a guy who's definitely someone who's been under his wing for uh, some time and, and a guy who he's kept in contact with. Uh, with OU installing a new, new defense, uh, what type of offense, just philosophy, scheme, uh, the way they approach the game, what are they going to be seeing when UTEP takes the field? Well, uh, UTEP's probably going to evolve as more of a passing team than a running team just in terms of what they're good at. 
you know, like I said, put things kind of in the, in the arm of their strong arm quarterback Hardison. They're going to, they're going to go deep. They're going to, they're going to throw the ball deep, try to stretch the defense. And, you know, it's generally been a pretty conservative offense other than that, uh, taking their, you know, they, they take a few shots other than that kind of stick pretty close to the vest, but, you know, kind of, kind of wondering right now how big a factor the run game is going to be this year. Uh, you know, after watching them against North Texas, I can't imagine it's going to be easier, any easier to run the ball against Oklahoma. So, uh, yeah, they'll probably be, you know, I, I think looking past first to set up the run, uh, probably more so than they did last week. And they'll take their deep shots as well. But, you know, that, you know, put, put the ball in the hands of the quarterback and kind of let him do his thing is probably going to be what they're best at. So move, moving to the other side of the ball a little bit. Uh, again, OU's bringing in, you know, brand new OC, uh, totally different philosophy, uh, so to speak. OU's going to be a, probably a little more run heavy even than they were. And, you know, regardless of what people think, they were somewhat of a run heavy team uh, even during uh, Lincoln Riley's era. But uh, defensively, a few names that, that, that came up on, on my radar, uh, Breon Hayward, and uh, thrice night at the the linebacker spots. Um, who who else should be somebody that that Sooner fans should be concerned about from a defensive standpoint? Well, I'm going to start by assuming not Hayward. They uh, you know, they he didn't. He's not eligible. He, they were listing him as a senior last year. They've applied for an extra year of eligibility for him. Uh, the NCA didn't like what they saw and asked UTEP to submit more. So they're still waiting on on that. He didn't play. He didn't suit up last week. They're keeping him on the roster, uh, and he wasn't practicing today. So, yeah, really don't don't expect to see him this week. Uh, Tyrese Knight, yeah, certainly he he's coming off a, a really big year. Uh, their defensive line is is should be the strength of their team. They didn't have the greatest opener against North Texas, but uh, Praise Amahule is you know probably their best player. He's the one that looks most like an NFL player out there. He's a uh, He's a fifth-year junior, so uh, he, you know, he's been in the program a while, and and maybe a fourth-year junior. He, he, yeah, I think fourth year. He's uh, played every year, and he, yeah, he's he's definitely a strength. Their other in Jadrian Taylor, and their their two tackles, uh, uh, Moss particularly. They're that, that's the strength of their team, and they're going to roll probably ten, eleven guys in on defensive line and see what they can do. That you know, they're starting out that starting over with two new uh, cornerbacks and they kind of had a rough outing in the first one. Although the biggest thing North Texas did was just dump it over the middle of the tight end and UTEP never quite solved that. Also uh, North Texas got the ball out so quick it really neutralized UTEP's pass rush, but kind of, kind of starting on the line, the defensive line and yeah, linebacker Tyrese Knight, that's, that's where it's going to start for them. So looking a little big picture, you know, with conferences uh, shifting, uh, things definitely changing in the, in the college landscape. Um, how do you see uh, UTEP's uh, place there um, currently? And and what, do you think that they may be a school being in, in Texas? I'm not sure about enrollment there or size, but what do you see uh, about their role and the way things are shifting or what they may end up trying to do? Yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd love to join the Mountain West. I think that's their dream. You know, that's they sort of consider that their old home. You know, that's the old uh, original whack that they were in, uh, you know, with people like New Mexico and Wyoming and Air Force and people like that. Uh, 
but you know the, the problem is just the geography i mean we're so far out here i don't know if people quite realize we're pretty much the exact halfway point between los angeles and houston that's how far west it is so you know they they but having said that they'd be off the eastern end or southeastern end of the of uh, the mountain west but anyway you know conference usa looks like it's it's going to have some stability it'll be at nine teams next year and it's probably the landing spot for other schools as they move up you know people like stephen f austin that or Tarleton State that may move up to Division One or Adeline Christian, so you know I, I, there's there's some stability in Conference USA and they'll be happy there and you know unless uh, the Mountain West ever comes calling, which may not happen, but you know we'll see. That that's certainly where they'd like to be. Well, I, uh, I certainly appreciate you uh, giving us the time today. And everyone, make sure that you go uh, follow uh, at Brett Bloomquist on. Twitter, and we will uh, certainly uh, link this here in the uh, in the podcast description. Uh, absolutely going to do that. So, what do you see happening in, in this up, upcoming game this week? Well, I generally think that that uh, as much as I follow UTEP football, I think probably the people setting the lines kind of know what they're doing. And I, you know, just working out the line with the over under, you know, it's predicting a score of I think a forty three to twelve, which you know that that sounds as good as anything uh UTEP's certainly gonna hope their offense clicks a little better than it did last week and hope you know hope they can string some things together on defense but you know I I certainly think this is one where you know they're 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 happy to be getting the big paycheck and and you know I think they'd like to go out and be competitive and just kind of get things going in the right direction and you know I think uh you know if they could hang around for you know a quarter and a half or so I, I think that'd be pretty pleasing so but, you know, I, not much precedent to see them, you know, winning a game like this for sure. So, you know, just probably try to just hang around as long as I can. So last thing, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you get on out of here. Um, Brent Venables taking over at Oklahoma. Uh, Sooner fans are incredibly high on this hire, um, even though. Uh, Riley had had such a, a strong place um, in, in, in the university and was seen as such a fantastic coach. Sooner fans very high on the hire, but when you go on the nationally, uh, maybe not seen as uh, respected of a, of a hire as Freeman at Notre Dame, uh, Cristobal, Kelly down at LSU. Um, just as someone outside looking in, how do you view uh, Venable's uh, return to Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 what's interesting about it, and one of the assistants was kind of mentioning this today, it's, you know, the first time OU's had a a defensive guy in a while. So that's, that, that's going to be interesting. And they, uh, UTEP's also <laughs> probably thinking that, OU may try to score a hundred on them. I think somebody mentioned today, you know, just in terms of wanting to get things started. Right. By the way, the last time UTEP and OU played, it was uh, Lincoln Riley's first game as head coach there, you know, joked, uh, Stoop saw UTEP on the schedule and decided to quit. So, uh, <laughs> so that'll be interesting, but, you know, I, I think certainly, uh, you know, I under, understand why Oklahoma be, be high on, on the hire there. It seems like, a, you know, a guy who's well-suited to succeed there at Oklahoma. And, you know, UTEP's, uh, UTEP will be starting off another era just like they did the last one at OU. Well, Brett, I really appreciate your time. Won't keep you too long. Uh, Sooner fans are definitely going to be appreciative of this. They they love the, the kind of inside, behind enemy lines uh, preview. Uh, content that we we offer and i cannot thank you a much so uh enough uh so sooner fans make sure that you go 
follow at Brett Bloomquist. That's Brett with one T, uh, B-L-O-O-M-Q-U-I-S-T. Make sure to go uh, follow his uh, Twitter. Um, and then, uh, Brett, well, where else can they can they find you? Well, my stuff will be on ElPasoTimes.com, uh, but I think it might be behind a paywall. So, uh, yeah, Twitter Twitter be the best place. And, uh, yeah, if, if you want to get a subscription to the paper, that'd, that'd be cool if you click on my story first. I take credit for that. So, any rate, yeah, uh, the Twitter at Brett Bloomquist. And, uh, yeah, ElPasoTimes.com, I'll, I'll have stories on there. Perfect. Well, Brett, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we will uh, speak again soon. All right. Take care out that way. Once again, thank you all for tuning into another episode of the Barry and Mac show. If you haven't, please go leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, everywhere that you can get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. Please go follow us on Instagram at the Barry and Mac show on Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW. You can also find me and Damien on Instagram. That's at BYS Fitness, at letter B W I S E Fitness. And Damien's is at Dame That Dude. That's D A M E T H A T D U D E. Thank you all so much, and we will see you soon. <laughs>